welcome to the Whole Life Healing Podcast with Dr. Alexander Lloyd, best-selling author and founder of the Revolutionary Healing Codes Technique. Each week, Dr. Alex shares principles and methods from psychology, energy medicine, natural medicine, and spirituality to help you reduce stress, heal emotional and physical issues, and remove the barriers that hold you back from happiness and success. Join us as we learn to live our happiest, healthiest, and most successful lives. Here's Dr. Alex. Hi, Dr. Alex here. If you like the show today or any day, I would love it if you took about 10 seconds to go to iTunes and leave a review for the show. I've been doing this for about 14 years now, and I spend hundreds of hours every year in preparation and recording the show. And if you like it, if it's worth your time, if you think it might benefit others, I would love it if you could leave a review to recommend to your friends or just recommend it to your friends that could benefit from listening to the show. Thank you so very much. Since we are going to be talking about issues of health and well-being, we wanted to make sure that you understand that this information is not intended to cure or heal anything. Everything in the presentations is the opinion of Alex Lloyd. You should always check with a licensed healthcare provider about any specific health concern you may have. Hi, I'm Dr. Alex Lloyd, and welcome to The New Jesus. Uh, Today, I'm wanting to sort of wrap up the last six or seven sessions, I'm not sure how many, where we've been sort of focusing on it doesn't matter and a little bit on what does matter, all right? And uh, this is the board from two weeks ago, and we talked about how in order to do that, Uh, you have to change your programming. And one of the things about changing programming is you need to differentiate between feelings which come from the spiritual heart or what psychology calls the unconscious, subconscious, uh, ancestral, etc. and what comes from the conscious mind, will, and emotions. And that what comes from the conscious mind, will, and emotions are emotions Uh, duh, from the name, and what comes from the heart or unconscious are feelings. And our emotions are consistent with our circumstances. That's how we can tell their emotions. Our feelings may not have anything to do with our circumstances. And the trick there is that sometimes we'll have a feeling, but instead of realizing it's a feeling, we will attach that to our current circumstances and start trying to fix something that's not what's broken. It's not in our external circumstances. It's in our heart or unconscious. That's where the thing needs to be found and healed. But we wrongly, because the definition of the unconscious is you don't know what it is, so we have this need to know where it's coming from. So since we don't know about what's in here, we'll assign it to our conscious mind, will, emotions, physical and external circumstances. Even if it has nothing to do with those, it's from the heart and about something that happened maybe decades ago that's, that's really, in a way, not even related to what's going on in my circumstances. So in other, when I do that, I'm believing and living a lie, and I shouldn't be surprised when I follow that out and 
my best life doesn't come from that. In fact, I'm probably frustrated thinking, man, I've been working at this, trying pretty hard, and things have not gotten dramatically better. They've either gotten a little bit better or stayed the same or maybe even gotten worse. Well, that can be because you're treating a heart issue as a circumstantial issue, and it's not. You need to find the heart issue, resolve it, and then things will start moving for you. you can, then you can reach enlightenment, you can reach higher consciousness, uh, and the end result will be living in love in the present moment, which is the height of your best life for anybody, okay? But very few people I've worked with or met were doing that, at least when they came to me, all right? So that's one part, and, and we know from research that this is true because the research says that 50% of what we believe about our life is simply not the truth. We're, we're defining it here when really it's coming from here. So we're missing it. We're missing what the real issue is. And 80% people, the average person, research also tells us, new good research, that the average person at any given time leans about 80% to the negative. And that's connected to our survival instinct. It's not an accident. We're built that way. Okay, so to override that 80% negative, to get the 80% negative to 80% positive, we've got to clean out our heart, unconscious, subconscious, uh, resolve those fear issues and falsehoods that we're believing, start to believe the truth, and then choose to live in love in the present moment in our circumstances. Okay, and then... Last week, this is the word from last week, we talked about the 10 things to do when your good intention, your good heart intention, which is what God looks at, what he wants, and what he judges. So you may be saved because your, your intention is to be right with God and to be pleasing and faithful to him, but you don't have enough power for that to get translated into your actions. So you have a good intention, and maybe you're even saved, but your actions would make people think maybe you're not saved, or they, you feel like, I'm spinning my wheels. My intention is right, but it's not translated into action. And so these are 10 steps you can do that will, I believe, increase your power, give you enough power, because the power comes from God anyway, it's a gift to you, enough power that when you choose your good intention, it will be translated, at least the majority of the time, into the appropriate, good, faithful to God action. All right? And there... First of all, differentiating, is this an emotion or feeling? And a thought always goes with those. There's always a thought connected to any feeling or emotion. It's just, what is it the right thought? Is it truthful or is it a lie? Okay? Uh, temptation can be proof that you are saved. Okay? And we talked, if you missed that, uh, check it out next week. I'm not going to go through all these in detail because we did that last week. Take the thought captive. Take every thought captive. Pray without ceasing. Give it to God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit immediately. Wait on the Lord and exchange your strength 
for his, analyze, is this from God, me, or somewhere else? Is it an emotion or a feeling? Number six, anything not from God, confront it with the truth and give it to God, and the truth is scripture or leading of the Holy Spirit. Seven, you may have a cross to bear, as, as Jesus said, if any man come after me, let him take up his cross daily. He doesn't say you won't have any more crosses. He said, take your cross up daily. All right? Number eight, disregard your emotions and live in truth and love feelings. You probably can't do that until you do some work to have them transformed or God touches you and heals those. Number nine, if you do the first eight, you should get to a place of physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual peace. And ten, repeat and add the Revelation 1 meditation daily. That is not a meditation to me. It is real. And it is the truth from Revelation 1 and Revelation 4. Okay? And that's the, the meditation or experience I do every day and have for years. So what my spiritual mentor taught me, I believe you can go there, are invited to go there, etc. Okay, so that's kind of a review of the... Sorry about that, I've got my clicker. That's kind of a review of these last six or seven teachings on it doesn't matter or here are some things that do matter. All right, so this is sort of distilling all of that into the bottom line, least common denominator. What are, what are the things you need to always have on your dashboard? Every single day, every hour of every day to keep you on the high road, to keep you on God's path of truth and love versus being tempted and lied to by Satan to get on the path of selfishness, pride, etc. Okay? So I I'll probably change this name, by the way, but right now I'm calling them the Super 7 Life Paradoxes. Okay? And here they are. There's three don'ts. All right? And I would encourage you to make copies of this. We will post this list. You can print it out. Make copies of this. Put them everywhere. Keep one in your pocket at all times. Uh, Dr. Emoto, in his wonderful book, The Hidden Messages of Water, showed that even the written word can change your physiology and emotions. It's unbelievable research. Check that out. You can find uh, his research online for free, pictures of what he did with ice and written words and spoken words and things like uh, speaking the word hate and what that does to you versus speaking the word or thinking it. Love and what that does to you. And even writing it down on paper. Unbelievable. And how that literally changes the molecular structure of the water as it does our cells and body. Okay, so the three don'ts. Number one, your emotions don't matter differentiate. Is this an emotion or a feeling? If it's an emotion, I'm going to take care of what needs to be taken care of, but I'm not going to give high-value priority to these emotions because they are physical and circumstantial. 
And Scripture says that the troubling things of this world will not even be remembered. They will not matter. They don't matter today, long term, except to take care of what I need. If the, car, if the house is burning down, call 911. If I have a heart attack, take me to the emergency room. If, if I need to pay money for something, okay, let me pay it, all right? But I'm not going to get carried away with those emotions related to those things because in the end, they're, they don't matter. They're not even going to be remembered. All right? So differentiate, is it an emotion or a feeling? If it's an emotion, it doesn't matter. If it's a feeling, then I need to resolve that and then uh, live in truth and love in my feelings. All right? Number two, vain imagination is the root of all evil. Um, we're more familiar with a different translation, okay, which is pride is the root of all evil. We're also told that money is the root of evil, okay? I believe pride and money very often go together. But what I'm told by scholars is that when it says pride, that one of the very best definitions of pride, at least scripturally, is vain imagination. Now, what in the world does vain imagination mean? It, when, it means when I use my imagination to focus on something that is fear-based, falsehood-based, sin-based, lust of the flesh-based, lust of the eyes-based, pride of life-based, okay? When, when it's one of those, and I imagine it, and I don't just imagine it and say, oh no, that's that's sinful. I'm gonna give that to the I'm gonna give that to the Father immediately as he tells me to. Cast all your anxiety on the Lord. And then 2 Corinthians 4:10, give it to him immediately. Jesus will move to the forefront of your life, and the life of Jesus will manifest in your mortal body. Okay? But if it's a sin-based thing, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life, or just selfish, and I use my imagination to focus on that, and I participate with that sinful or vain thought, feeling, emotion, whatever, and go down the road with it a little bit, all right, until I feel it in my body, mind, and spirit. Number one, I believe you've just sinned in light of Jesus in Matthew 5, saying you've heard that it's wrong to commit murder. I tell you, if you are angry with your brother, you have committed murder and are guilty of the judgment. Jesus brought the sin bar all the way down or up, depending on how you look at it, to your thoughts, to your imagination. And he says, if you do that, if you participate, as those aren't the words he used, but I believe that's what he said. If you participate with anger until, you know, it's not just a thought that you took, the cap, took captive and then gave to the Father, but it's a thought that you have, and then you don't give it to the Father, you walk down the road with it, imagine doing that because it feels good for you to imagine that. I believe, number one, you just sinned, and number two, you have just shifted from the high road and God's path of love and truth to the low road and Satan's path of fear and falsehood okay, and selfishness, okay? And, and, and I think one of the reasons, you know, we, we think of love and 
truth as going together. And God even says that in Scripture. Speak the truth in love. Okay? But the root of all evil, vain imagination, is when I'm not doing that, I am intentionally participating with fear, with falsehood, with selfishness, whether that is, again, lust of the flesh, like pornography, sexual things, drugs, alcohol, whatever, things that I, I believe are not good for me or that harm me, uh, but are things for my, for me. It's about me, okay? Vain imagination is about me. Or if you're doing it, it's about you and what I want. Seek pleasure, avoid pain. What I want. Instant gratification versus delay. Me, me, me. That's vain imagination, okay? And it's the opposite of Philippians 4. Think about these things. What is true, lovely, excellent, worthy of praise. A passage we talked about last week. Think about His grace all the time. 1 Peter 1, 13, 14. I'm reading it from the board. Fix your hope completely on grace. Completely. A hundred percent. Okay? Well, you can't be thinking about grace and be thinking about doing pornography or something else that's selfish and destructive, fear-based, at the same time. Those don't go together. Okay? So we're supposed to pray without ceasing. We're supposed to all the time be focused on grace and all the time be focused on what's true, lovely, excellent, worthy of praise. Scripture says, think about what is unseen, not what is seen. What is unseen is, is, uh, is eternal. What is seen is temporary. All right? We typically, in vain imagination, are imagining the seen. Okay? Something in our physical or external circumstances. Seek pleasure, avoid pain. All right? So, uh, pride being the root of all evil, I believe one really good definition of pride is vain imagination. And you cannot do it and do what Scripture says to be focused on at the same time. So when you find yourself in vain imagination, repent, confess, immediately give it to the Father, and then switch over to what He says to be focused on. Only you may not be able to do that until you clean some stuff in your heart up because your heart's a million times more powerful than your conscious intention. Okay, so keep that in mind. And then number three, delight, woohoo, in pain. Now, I don't think it literally means to go woohoo when pain happens, but maybe, all right? Paul prayed three times for his thorn in the flesh to be taken away. God says, no, 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 because something good is going to happen from that pain. You're going to learn something that you desperately need to learn in order to please me and be faithful to me, okay? And, and, and what was that? Grace. It was to learn grace. The thing that First Peter says, be focused on it completely, all the time, on grace, all right? Well, you can't do that and be focused on seek pleasure and avoid pain, all right? But then after God told him that, what was Paul's response? Okay, now 
I delight in pain. That's why I said delight, because that's the word Paul used. Delight in pain. Why? Paul said, because when I'm weak, then I'm strong. That's when God's power comes in and does what I was never capable of doing in the first place, even in my top power. All right? And that's what God wants to do with you. The battle is the Lord's, not yours. Your job is to give it to Him and to choose Him. All right? So those are the three don'ts. And the reason that I called them paradoxical in the title, which I'm probably going to change, is most people, number one, live by their emotions of their physical and external circumstances, even if they tell you what's most important to them are people and love, and very often they will, but then when you look at their life and ask them some questions, they're not living as if that's most important. They're living as if their emotions and their physical and external circumstances are what's most important. Number two, vain imagination. Most people I know of, that's what they're thinking of a lot of every single day of their life is imagining what they want that they don't have now or what they want to get rid of that's some pain to them, either physical or emotional, and how to get rid of that. In my experience, ladies and gentlemen, that's what most people think about all the time. Uh, probably 50% of their day on an average day. It's unbelievable how prevalent it is. But if you were to ask them, um, how much do you value uh, vain imagination and pride? Especially if it's a Christian and they know what Scripture says, pride's the root of all evil. How much do you value selfish pride? Oh, not at all. All right, but then you ask them some questions. How much do you do selfish pride? It's usually 50% of the time or more. And very often they're like, oh my goodness, I had no idea I focused on that so much. I've just done it all my life. It's sort of became, you know. And <laughs> the third one, let me ask you, how many, what percentage of people do you think literally delight in pain when it comes. <laughs> Let me tell you, that's that's 5% of the population, at least that I've worked with, or less. It may be 1% or less, all right? But this is something you have to cultivate. It does not come naturally. It only comes through faith. And Him giving you more faith, which is the power to believe and to do the action and result that are what God wants and what you want, whether you know it or not. So, to me, all three of these are paradoxical. People may tell me, no, I don't, I, I don't want to live by my emotions. I want to live by my relationships, love, what's most important. No, selfish pride is not important. Uh, people, love, taking care of your family, making memories. Uh... Well, no, I don't delight in pain. I, I, you know, what are you talking about anyway? Who, who would delight in pain? But ladies and gentlemen, that's straight from Scripture. That's a paradox. All right, so those are the don'ts. What are the do's? Number one, an unconditional 100% sold out commitment to love right 
with God, Jesus is my Lord and Savior, etc. Okay, that's number one. And 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 believe me, this one's not easy. Most people who tell me they are committed to love aren't. They're committed to love if they start start prioritizing love and it delivers the pain-pleasure results they want. If it doesn't deliver the pain-pleasure results they want, they're out of there. They're not committed to love. Then they go back to me first, what I want, when I want, selfishness, instant gratification, etc. Well, let me tell you, that path goes nowhere except misery. Okay? Commitment to love, that's the high road. That's what will take you to your best perfect life, and I don't think anything else will. Number 10, number two, an intention only for good in everything that you do. Everything. Number three, do your absolute 100% best no matter what. Okay? So, intention only for good in your actions and 100% your best in your actions, whatever those are. And then four, prioritize relationships above everything else and invest in at least one relationship daily. And that will change your life forever. I promise. I've never had a client who did this and it didn't change their life. And that's true of me too, of Hope, of my children, extended family, you name it, okay? So these are the do's. And they're also paradoxical. A commitment to love. I ask believers all the time, are you committed to love? To living in love as best you can, all right? I would say 95 out of 100 say, yes, I am. Then when I ask them how they're living, what they think about, what their mindset is, what their heart set is, what their intention is, very often it's not love. It's seek pleasure, avoid pain, what I want, when I want, instant gratification, me. All right. Uh, an intention only for good, well, I think a lot of people I've worked with, they have an intention only for good for themselves, but not necessarily for other people. All right? And, uh, and even if they do have an intention for good for other people, it comes second to an intention for good for themselves. So if they don't believe they're getting good, then their intention of good for others goes out the window. Well, that's the opposite of what Scripture says. Scripture says consider others as equal or even better than yourself. All right? Love your enemies. Pray for them. You know, all that. All right? It's everywhere. Okay? Uh... Most people do their 100% best when they feel it really, really, really matters and counts. And it will lead either to a promotion or not getting a demotion in some way. Very few are, con are, are committed to 100% best no matter what, even if no one ever sees or hears about this. But that's what we're talking about, all right? So putting that together, here's the Super 7, and I would sort of think of this uh, you've probably been to the bowling alley and at least seen how when there's like little kids bowling or old people like me who aren't any good, sometimes they'll put the bumpers in. It's either a blow-up thing or a little mechanical arm that goes over the bumpers so that the ball can't go into the bumpers. So they're guaranteed to hit a pin every time, no matter how bad they are. 
And I think it's really great, especially for, for little kids. Well, to me, these are sort of the bumpers of your life. If you do these seven, you're going to stay on the high road. You're going to stay on the path of love and truth. Even if you're not totally there yet, you're going to get to your best possible life or as close as you can to it if you will do these seven. So this is sort of the distilled what doesn't matter and what does matter in cliff note, least common denominator version. So here it is one more time, then I'm going to shut up. Number one, a commitment to love and God that's unconditional, intention only for good, do your absolute 100% best no matter what, prioritize relationships above everything and invest in them every day, your emotions don't matter, discount them, do not give them value or worth priority. If there's something you need to take care of, yes, absolutely, that's what those are for. But they're not to be valued and prioritized. That's the unseen. That's the eternal. That's the delayed gratification. All right? Are you living in vain imagination? Or are you living in thinking about what is true, lovely, excellent, worthy of praise? Thinking about His grace all the time? Thinking of love and truth? And how to better live in and do that? All right? Or... Are you living by vain imagination, participating with your sinful thoughts to the point that you feel them, and then that in and of itself, I believe, according to what Jesus said, may be sinful, but beyond that, it's shifting you to the negative path in your life. And then number seven, see pain as the key to your next locked door, because that's exactly what it is. It is the key to taking the next higher step up to a better place in your overall life. All right? And then the last thing is I came up with a definition of love that, at least to me, is kind of all-inclusive of all seven of those. See what you think. Or add to it or take away from it in a way that works for you. But here, here's the way I thought of it. A commitment... A commitment to an intention in your heart and mind for good and only for good to all concerned in whatever's happening and the accompanying action, the action that would, that would correspond to a commitment and intention only for good and the accompanying action for that intention for others' best interest regardless of a positive or negative result for me. Okay? So, if I, Alex, can not only keep this on the front burner of my mind and heart all the time, but pray without ceasing, focus on His grace, what is unseen, what is true, lovely, excellent, love and truth, right relationship with Him, okay? If... If I do that, to me, it will do all seven of those we just talked about and keep me on the right path. Okay? And for love, you need time with the object of your love. You need empathy to, to feel 
what they feel or put yourself in their shoes and and rejoice when they rejoice and mourn when they mourn, okay? To be in that sort of symbiotic relationship with them, okay? And then the appropriate action that values others, any others, even your enemies, equal to yourself or even higher. Okay? So, I hope that helps. And to me, that is sort of uh, pulling together and putting a bow on what really matters and what really doesn't. What do you think? Thank you so very much and have a wonderful, blessed day.